0: Cats at night. Now here's John Katsumatidis.
1: This is John Katsumatidis. Cats at night, the number one show at five o'clock, and uh, everybody listens to our show. Uh, like we said, the last few days, the KGB has been listening, and uh, Chinese intelligence has been listening. Well, we got a full house today. Sometimes we had nobody in here. Sometimes we had no no Democrats here, only Republicans. Today, we have no Republicans. We have two Democrats, Judge Richard Weinberg, uh, Governor David Patterson. Welcome, guys. Good to be here. And we have two independents. We have a former uh, FBI uh, in charge of New York, Assistant Director uh, in charge is that the correct that's it. that's it so George Venizelos and Dr. Mihalos is in the in house and we're going to get directly from him and he's an independent too so am I
2: you're an independent that's right what man, am I? Just, I, I I you're John wow. Katzmatidis so, you know need no party you're sense. the common well, sense, party. sense party
1: common sense, I understand yeah. there was a big uh, we were at a uh, law enforcement uh, foundation dinner last night the uh, the uh, 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 George Venizelos. And, um, what was all this stuff coming out? Uh, that, uh, there was 30 FBI agents, uh, that, uh, uh, are supporting the whistleblower. I mean, a lot of Americans listen to that and they really don't understand it. You were with the FBI for a long time. Can you straighten out things?
3: Yes. Um, first of all, it was 30. 30- Agents that aren't on a job anymore, retired agents. So um
1: Well the ones on the
3: job you know, don't they, want to they, lose they their job. They try. can't talk. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Um and, and, and I think you know, this is this is the problem that we have right now. You know, the old saying is perception becomes reality. There's a perception out there right now that the FBI has been politicized and, and, and they're doing things um for politicians. And and that is very dangerous it's very dangerous to be thought of doing that and the fact that people are thinking about it and it's 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 been an article like like every other day about it is not good for the fbi and it's not good for the country you know and, and i think we really i don't feel
1: i mean when you have an organization uh, that's 15,000 20,000 30,000 people you're always going to have a few
3: rotten apples right and also this is you know this is you know the the washington the, the FBI agents that work in Washington that work some of this stuff, you know, tend to be around politics a lot. And, and they tend to work some of these sensitive cases. And sometimes they're put in the no-win situations. They have to investigate these cases at all costs. They have to investigate. Depending on which way it goes, you go one side to be happy, the other side to be unhappy. So it, it, it's the public corruption arena within the FBI is the most difficult cases to work and there's a lot of restrictions put on those cases now I'm not going to sit here and defend every decision they made you know there there were decisions that that weren't made that were made wrongly you know so there was some aggressiveness they could have pulled back um but my concern is I don't we shouldn't be painting the whole FBI to be this big broken organization because they're not
1: is is Washington where a lot of politics goes on is that where where a problem begins because I realized that when they uh, uh, did uh, Mar-a-Lago it wasn't really the um, Florida FBI no. it was they they sent down the FBI from Washington
3: right because it's a very sensitive case they have a certain uh, a small group of agents that are working that case. And um, they're the ones who, who went down there. Now, could things have been done better? Absolutely. Um, are there maybe some people within the FBI that, that are are not the old school FBI where we're apolitical, wouldn't even think about politics? I never thought about politics in the 24 years in the FBI. I never took one side over the other. Um, there may be. This is a new generation we're dealing with now, you know, but it has to be rooted out. It has to be for the FBI, they have to really take this stuff serious, they have to be more transparent with some of this stuff, and they have to start, you know, you, know, this one agent that got walked out. I don't know what he got walked out for. It could be a lot of different things. He could have done other things, you know, and he's the whistleblower now.
1: I understood. Understood. Thank you for your service to our country, and uh, God bless you, uh, I wanna, Judge
4: Weinberg. I want to share the the following with you, which I thought was very interesting. I was at a luncheon today where former Attorney General Barr was there. Well, yeah, he's still a very important person. Very important, Barr. very very smart, a man of a character and, and real ability. And I always thought that he, Trump, frankly, underappreciated how lucky he was to have him as Attorney General. But Barr shared the the following with us at the lunch. Number one, one of the things he did is he moved a lot of the heads of different departments out of Washington into different States to try to break up the Washington culture. That's one of the things that attorney general Barr said. A second. Hold thing- on. Uh, I think yes. Georgia Beniziello I mean, I mean, uh, wants think, to comment on I that. I think
3: Judge Weinberg hit on something really important, you know, and I think some of the articles that you read talk about how the FBI used to work, you know, the, the, the field office who should be running the case is not Washington. The minute Washington runs a case, it tends to become a little more political. So you have to let the field offices run these cases. They're more than capable. You have good leaders in all these offices. And and I think that's what I think the, the Attorney General is probably getting at, stuff like that. Yeah. So I wanna go, I wanna give you a couple more thoughts. Number one,
4: the other thing Attorney General Barr said is Notwithstanding the criticism of the moral logo raid, he did not criticize it and he said there might be very good reasons the way it was handled by uh, by the Justice Department and the FBI in terms of what kind of documents were actually there. And, uh, and he offered he offered that opinion. My own view is and this is where you have the problem of the so called weaponization of the FBI and the Justice Department. They don't need to use SWAT teams to go in after people and have guns drawn on misdemeanors. That's where they get themselves in trouble and they destroy the yeah, especially
1: maybe uh, on uh, people that uh, like a Roger Stone. He he didn't have a passport. He didn't have a. He never had any
4: guns. And, You yeah. know, it no, just, it's not a violent crime. Yeah. We're not talking about violent crimes. We're talking about low-level misdemeanors.
3: Yes. Yeah, you know, and, and the use of a SWAT team could, could be. Um, very tricky in different ways. People react differently when they're under duress and be arrested. For example, in Miami, if you, last year they didn't use a SWAT team, they went in to get a uh, a, a kiddie porn predator, you know, and the agents went just were knocked on the door without a SWAT team, and two of them got killed. Wow, they, they were shot. That. They were shot th- through the door. The camera yes. saw them coming. So you just don't know when you're dealing with. The criminal, how a person react, their their life may be crashing before them, and they may take the life of them their their own life, or they may take the life of an agent. So you always have to side on caution. So before we start criticizing a lot of the FBI. Raids and stuff. Yeah, does it look look good? No. But sometimes if they have information some, that we some, don't you know, know— Some
1: uh, local mayors uh, want to uh, put uh, warrant officers, unarmed or yeah, warrant officers yeah. to react to people.
3: Because, you know, I, I don't care if you're an old person. You can still have a gun in there. They may have, have information that they have registered guns. They may have information that, the, that we don't know about. So in some of these situations— they're probably justified in using this. File. So
2: I wanted to switch gears. Let's talk about the crime here in New York City. Yeah. Do you want to switch to that, Governor Patterson? A suspect has now been taken into custody after a 61-year-old FDNY EMS lieutenant was stabbed to death in Astoria, Queens. She was on the job. It just happened about an, an hour ago. It just happened. The suspect was just arrested. She was stabbed to death on the job trying to assist someone. What is your reaction, Governor Patterson? It seems to me that a lot of these crimes are happening in the middle of the day, in places we never suspected before. And to have a veteran EMS lieutenant being stabbed to death on the job is just shocking. When 61,
5: 62 years old, ready to retire and enjoy right. his life. It was a woman. Yes, yeah, She was on the job for over 20 years. Well, it's horrifying. And more of that is going to happen unless there are some real changes in some of the procedures that we're uh, using right here in this city. And in other cities around the country, but this is happening as well. There's a general uptick in crime uh, nationally. But in in this particular case, um, it's it's shattering the um, confidence that any of us can have that we're in a safe city.
2: And what do you think about Mayor Adams' decision to leave to go to Puerto Rico? We have a crime crisis here, and now he's building a tent city in the Bronx, Orchard Beach, a thousand beds. There's a lot of concern about where, what are we going to do with all these people? How are they going to be educated, healthcare services, clothing? Fee- it's, it's a big undertaking. And to just put these people in a parking lot in the Bronx is. It's like
5: having an extra 2,000 or know, 10,000 dependents. Well, there were two questions. The answer to the first one is he went to Puerto Rico on a Saturday and he came back on Sunday. Okay. There's a large Puerto Rican population in the city. I'm sure they appreciated that their mayor uh, went to another part of the country where uh, there was a disaster. And that goes on on both sides of the aisle all the time. So I I don't see any problem with that at all. I agree with you. the, The issue of the tents was a transitory issue that Mayor Adams brought up. So he's got the tents out, but what he hasn't been able to do is to figure out what to do after the first, say, week or so. This was supposed to be preparing uh, individuals or helping them when they're totally in need and then uh, arranging for them to have further services. But he hasn't been able to describe or deliver on the second part. We hope he'll do it soon, because if not, it's just adding to the problems that we have in the streets of the city. And well, thank you, uh, Governor Patterson. And
1: now let's go to Dr. Peter Mihalos, and he's got some other. Uh, uh, There's things the latest going on.
2: development in Alzheimer's drug. Tell us all about it.
6: Well, it's very exciting news that we're making some progress with Alzheimer's. And Biogen and another company, Asai Pharmaceuticals in Japan, uh, came up with a medication called Acanimab. And what they did was they studied 1,800 people, and they used various parameters, including their ability to get dressed, the ability to eat, the ability to do certain memory tests. And this drug compared to the placebo or what we call a sugar pill, which has nothing in it, the people who took the drug had a 27% slower decline in their uh, cognitive function. So that that's really a big deal. And what happens with Alzheimer's, we know there is something called misfolded proteins. Picture the wiring in your brain is covered by smooth rubber plastic. And picture all of a sudden that the, the wiring and the covering isn't there anymore and it gets crinkled up and the electrical impulses and the communication, the brain isn't happening properly. So by having these drugs that attack these misfolded proteins, also called toxic oligomers, uh, we can now theoretically help to slow down that and other neurodegenerative diseases. There's even companies, there's one in Canada called Promise Therapeutics that's working on an amyloid vaccine that'll attack amyloid plaques, they're called. So this is uh, big news, and uh, we're looking forward to an approval, they think, right after the new year, so we'll have another weapon in our armamentarium to go after Alzheimer's disease, because if anyone has someone in their family who's gone through that and watched somebody transform and becoming a whole other person, and uh, eventually it does lead to death, uh, I think it's going to be a, a great addition and another great uh, success for uh, Japanese pharmaceuticals and American pharmaceuticals because the systems there put their capital at risk so that they can come up with new great ideas. And we don't see any of these great ideas coming out of the socialized medicine countries. And um, we're very grateful that uh, we uh, have the ability to do these things in this uh country and continue to develop new medicines for Alzheimer's. And also another study found that it's not just one factor, believe it or not, high blood pressure they showed was another risk factor over time because when our blood pressure is up, the tiny blood vessels in our brain say I can't take this pressure anymore and they start narrowing. And when they get narrower and they clamp down, they don't feed the brain oxygen as well. So that also plays a role. So controlling your blood pressure, and uh, also the brain is in something, uh, an immune privileged area, the blood brain barrier. So a lot of medicines can't get to it as readily. So that's why developing new drugs and vaccines that will be able to cross the blood brain barrier will be the future. And you'll hear more about it on WABC and other exciting medical news.
2: So now, as we're talking, we're seeing that Ian has strengthened again and has become a hurricane again, and is and it's on its way to the Carolinas. And John, I'll pose this question come to, to York? you: Can it ruin our weekend? No, it cannot. President Biden right. never say can never. I never hope to God not never. knock on wood. But Sean it Connery listen, learned look, that
1: lesson: look, never say never. again. I, I saw that movie. I look what happened uh, over the, uh, <laughs> on the west coast of Florida. Awesome. Uh, I kept saying to people, "Same Pete." And Tampa, one hundred years there's only been two hurricanes. Everybody says it's heading for St. Pete, Tampa. Well, the hundred the hundred year rule stays uh, the same. It's it swung over, went up the uh, is going up the East Coast, and St. Pete, no zero damage.
2: So. President Biden, John, he said before, he said, we don't want to have any oil or price gouging when it comes to the pumps and that he's begging the oil executives not to gouge uh, as a result of this disaster. What's your reaction
5: to hearing that? I think he should
1: call his friends in Saudi Arabia and tell them that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, And I'll I'll tell you what, John,
5: there is there aren't oil wells in Florida, so that wouldn't change.
1: (laughs) It it wouldn't change the price. If there's no electricity in Florida and you had an electric car, what would you do?
0: Sit there. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: We have uh, General Jack Keene on the line for us right now. General is, uh, I mean, he is a retired American four-star general, former vice chief of staff to of the United States Army, as well as a Presidential Medal of Freedom recipient. Welcome back to Cats at Night, General Keene.
7: Well, I'm delighted to be here, and I just can't help but say it, but I'm a... Born and raised in New York, a diehard Yankee fan. uh,
1: no Yankees! Aaron Yankees!
7: And look what happened to Aaron Judge. I mean, finally, and doesn't he deserve all the accolades uh, he's getting for what he's accomplished? Just wonderful.
2: Well, we'll ask the Maris family that was there. And the first thing he did was he hugged his mother and he owed it all to her. So he's a
7: class act, that guy. Well, Roger Maris Jr. hugged his mother when it happened. And when he separated himself from hugging uh, Judge's mother, he had tears in his eyes. It was very
5: obvious. And, and you know, Roger Maris was really one of the most mistreated athletes who never did anything to deserve it. The only thing he did was hit more home runs than Mickey Mantle, and that upset the Yankee fans. And also, uh, he hit the 61 home runs in uh, 162 games. And they made it his fault that Babe Ruth only played in 154 games. Well, that's what how long the season was at the time. Babe Ruth is still yeah. always going to be Babe Ruth.
2: So, General Keane, just to switch the subjects, we're talking about those pipelines, Nord Stream. Who blew them up? I mean, there's so much uh, chaos and confusion regarding that incident. Can can you inl- tell us what happened? Or do you know well, what
7: happened? I, uh, well, NATO, who's taken a hard look at it, uh, and obviously the United States is part of that, they do believe it. It's sabotage and espionage. So that's statement one. I don't think they have any evidence yet as to who. They believe it has to be a nation state because of the sophistication and what it would take to do something like that. And the third thing, I mean, let's all draw the obvious conclusion. That it's highly likely it, the Russians have done it uh, for all the obvious reasons. Uh, they want to really put the squeeze on the Europeans this coming winter, and this may just be the start of it because the Norwegians are number two in gas pipelines after Nord Stream, and they they have pipelines to the UK, this is natural gas, to Germany, to France, to Belgium, and to Poland. Five other pipelines. And, and the Norwegians are certainly very aware of it, and they, they're... <laughs> absolutely recognize the European Union and NATO, they've got to protect this critical infrastructure because Russia may just take it down to uh, increase the suffering this winter and put pressure on NATO and the EU to back away from supporting Ukraine. That's what this is all about.
4: General, it's uh, it's Richard Weinberg, sir. Wouldn't that be an active war if they did that?
7: Well, yeah, but they're all... uh, You mean in terms of NATO responding to it? yes. Yeah, yeah, to blow up... uh, uh, a kinetic act committing against uh, a NATO country that owns a, a pipeline, yes. Yes, yeah, absolutely.
1: General, uh, we, we photograph, our satellites photograph almost every square foot of Russia. Uh, won't we have somewhere on our satellites some pictures of who's involved in that blow-up?
7: It would depend if, if we had any focus on it. Uh uh, listen, our intelligence services likely are working overtime to try to get some evidence. You know, the pinpoint. You know, who did this? Uh, we we have some amazing capability, and uh, yeah, they're, they're working it. That's that for sure. And it, it's not just uh, imagery. But, you know, when you're going to do an operation. Uh, It requires a lot of other means to do it. People have to talk to each other. They have to use some kind of communication uh, systems. Uh, There's likely uh, some kind of vehicles involved in in doing this as well. Uh, So, yeah, I'm sure our guys are all, all over this thing trying to pinpoint it.
1: We got uh, uh, Putin uh, is backed in the corner right now. He's uh, uh, theoretically trying to an- annex uh, that section of uh, Ukraine that he- that his parliament says it's really yours. Um, does he have any allies left? I mean, do the Chinese pay attention to him, or 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 who does he have to back him up?
7: Well in terms of really backing him up, uh, suddenly the Chinese are probably his strongest strategic partner. Uh, but they also, uh, have had some concerns about what has taken place here. They are buying, uh, oil at discounted prices from him, uh, for sure, but they have not provided him any weapons systems. Uh, I know he wanted that from them. The Iranians uh, have bought, uh, have provided him with some drones and, uh, And India, because India's entire military is largely supplied by Russia. I mean, India has an economy to be able to buy it, but they buy Russian equipment going back to a long-term association uh, with Russia, uh, particularly over the split with Pakistan, uh, who is aligned more with the United States. But India has been sort of neutral here but also buying Russian oil, not giving them any weapons uh, to speak of. Listen, uh, Russia certainly, John, behind your question is the fact that they're, they're becoming more and more of an international pariah, for sure. And and it certainly strains whatever relationships they have with, uh, with countries. And as more of evidence is brought out about more war crimes and genocide and moving thousands of children without their parents into Russia and hundreds of thousands of, uh, uh, of families into in Russia, all against their will. Um, yeah, I mean, General, we, ha- we, we have we have one minute left. What would you, would go you go like ahead. to
1: tell you, uh, all, all Americans that are listening be, before we take a break?
7: Russia is losing the war. We have a huge opportunity to help the Ukraines actually defeat a Russian army inside Ukraine. Nothing could be better than deterring Russia for years to come from this kind of aggressive opportunity. They, the opportunity is there. We have to seize it with the international community to support the Ukrainians.
1: General uh, Jack Keane, thank you so much uh, for your service to our country, and, and you still speak out for our country. God bless you, and God bless America.
7: Thank you. Well, great talking to you, John. Thank, thank you very much. you. This is Cats at Night on the Red Apple
0: Podcast Network.
2: Now on the line for us is Michael Goodwin, Pulitzer Prize-winning writer for the New York Post's latest column, We Can't Afford Another Debacle if you get it. He says that Mayor Adams must focus on war on crime, not welcoming Matt for our migrants. Welcome back to Cats at Night, Michael Goodwin.
8: Thank you, Lydia.
2: So, Michael Goodwin, what do you think? Uh, You know, a thousand migrants, they're being put up in tents, in a giant tent in the middle of the Bronx there, Orchard Beach. You think this is a disaster in the making?
8: I do, but first I want to say how amazed I am at how quickly... The city is building this tent city. Um, mm-hmm. If only it was so quick to do the other things that need to be done in New York. I mean, how long does it take to get a pothole filled? <laughs> uh, how about crime reports where, you know, y- people call 911 and nothing happens? Uh, and not so much 911, but but they because they do normally get a response, but it takes time. Why? I mean, the the ability to do this thing so quickly suggests that uh, there's lots of ability to improve the rest of the government services too. How about dirty streets and uh, overflowing waste baskets? Think of all the things that could be fixed in, the, in short order if the city mm-hmm. responded this way.
4: Excellent point. Excellent point. But, uh, Michael, it's Richard Weinberg. What I'm most concerned about is the absolute denial by the leaders of the state legislature and the silence of this governor in not addressing the crime problem. They say, look at the statistics, look at the statistics. And every day you hear more violence, more people being killed. We just lost an EMS worker in Astoria doing her job and she was stabbed to death from the time she was stabbed to the time she died was less than less than an hour and anybody and everybody is a potential victim. what do you say
8: well yes, and look I, I think that uh, certainly the the headline <coughs> me, the headlines and the discussions focus on murder as properly it should, but when you look at the overall crime, I was talking to a friend today who talked about Going to the other side of the street, (coughs) excuse me, midtown one evening because, you know, a young guy walking toward him wearing a hooded shirt, uh, hooded sweatshirt. And my friend just felt unsafe. And so he walked to the other side of the street where there were a group of people. And when it, one of the other groups, someone said, are you okay? He said, well, I am now because I'm with you. But he said, and then he looks over, he, he points to the kid, and the kid starts to run. Uh, you, you have the shoplifting that goes on in a lot of the uh, pharmacy stores where that don't even get reported anymore. Uh, so I think there's a... Yes, there's a violent crime, but there's also a fear. And I think getting at that fear, uh, nobody even talks about it. We're not even close to that yet. And that's what's concerning about Mayor Adams' turning his attention to this migrant issue he's made some progress on the murder issue murder and shootings are down 12 13% that's good that's a good start but it's not the finish and my fear is that he has he has sort of given up Getting, uh, as you say, Richard, anything out of the legislature, anything out of the governor. Uh, he doesn't talk about it anymore. He used to go to crime scenes all the time. He doesn't do that anymore. So that's my fear, that he's, he's sort of declaring victory in the first inning, and it's not going to work. I mean, this this topic is going to come back to bite him, because there's, once the criminals feel they can get away with it, they will keep doing it until they end up in jail.
5: So, Michael, I as David Patterson, I demur to your point. Let's say that what you're saying is true. If he did do that, and now you've got all these migrants running around the city with no place to go, isn't that really going to be criticized even more than the criticism maybe gets now for taking the foot off the pedal on crime for a while?
8: Well, I, I do think, David, that uh, this, this is going to add to a, a, certain un, a certain sense of unease on the streets. I mean, you've already had the people in, um, in the Orchard Beach area, many of whom are of Hispanic origin themselves, talk about their fear of, of the newcomers. And the local assemblywoman uh, has called for more police in the area. So, yes, I think anything that undercuts the his promise, Adams' promise, to make the city safer and to make people feel safer, anything that goes against that grain, I think, is, is going to undercut his mayoralty. I mean, he can do all these other things if he wants to, but if the city isn't safe, if people don't feel safer, the tourists aren't going to come. The commuters are not going to come back, and I just think he's playing with fire by by not— you know, not throwing himself into the crime thing 100% all the time. I, look, I know as a mayor, as a governor, there's a, there are lots of things to do. A lot of people clamoring for your attention. And everybody's need is the most important need. No, uh, but Michael, mayor, I, I
5: I totally agree with what you're saying. But what I'm saying is if he has these tent cities, and I don't know how long they can even last, at least he's sort of marginalizing some of the prospective criminals by putting them in one area so at least you know where they are?
8: Mm. Um, that's an optimistic view, David. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's nothing to stop them from getting on the subway well, or, or, well, or going a, somewhere that's else. That's a good point about know. the subway.
4: They're try, Michael, they're trying to push this disaster called congestion pricing because they need to subsidize the MTA, and who's going to ride the subway if we don't feel safe? Well,
8: that's right. And so, look, you have, the MTA has, has admitted it's losing $500 million a year in fare beating. And so we're going to have congestion pricing to make up for the lack of enforcement uh, in terms of the, the fare beating. So we, I mean, a regular, this-
2: hardworking Americans have to pay for people that are breaking the law. That's right
8: I mean and so none of this makes any sense and things that don't make sense can't go on I mean at some point uh, you know the whole thing unravels and that's why uh, you know Adams Adams understood this during the campaign. he would often say without there's no prosperity without public safety uh, that was true then, but it's true now too and it'll be true next year also. And I just think that he is, he is distracted now. And, and I don't know if it's out of frustration with the legislature and, and Hochul, um, or if it's just, you know, he just... Really didn't mean it. That, that he thinks he's achieved what he promised, and it's time to take the take the spotlight off crime and put it no, on. No, he's days. not achieved
1: what he promised. We need our city streets safe, uh, and I, I've been saying that all along. And for the next forty days before the election, we're going to say that every day. We need our streets safe. We need our subway safe. And I think common sense Democrats and common sense Republicans all agree. We want our streets safe.
8: Well, and and, uh, yes, John, and I think what is amazing is that the legislators and Governor Hochul don't seem to get this message yet. It's almost. They have bodyguards. Yeah, well, I was going to say it's almost as though they live on another planet, but they are not personally afraid. You know, does nobody get killed in Carl Heastie's assembly district? Does nobody get uh, robbed and and raped in the uh, next forty days? Cousin
1: Senate district. I mean, the next forty days, we are going to be yelling about it and talking about it because every New Yorker has to know we want New York back. Do not give it to the criminals. Let we let's give it back to our citizens. That's all it comes down to.
8: And, and as, as we all agree, it's common sense. You, you just if the people don't feel safe, it's going to impact the economy of this city. You know the uh, the, the late uh, uh, congressman. Um, oh, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, who who recently died? A civil rights hero, John Lewis. Uh, Excuse me, said one said that, you know, everybody knows that poverty causes crime, he said. But not everybody understands that crime also causes poverty. And that is true. That, that the more crime you have, the more poverty you have, because businesses don't hire, they don't invest, they leave, families leave, middle families who have other alternatives leave. I mean, it's all voluntary. The, the key, the key element here is that it's voluntary to live in New York. You don't, you're not required to live here. And as we see, more and more people are deciding well, it's not worth it. It's this not morning, a big deal.
1: This morning uh, in our studio. Uh, uh, well, in our in our conference room, we had uh, Mayor Suarez uh, uh, from Miami, and he spoke to the WABC hosts, and he was very, very good. He spoke to my daughter Andrea, who's newly elected as the vi- uh, as the uh, chairman of Manhattan, unanimously, unanimously re-elected, uh, re-elected, re-elected. Mm-hmm. and I understand you're, you're a reporter, Your reporter. What's her name? Bernadette something. Hogan. Bernadette, Hogan. Hogan. Bernadette Hogan is all up in arms about it. I don't know what she's up in arms about. But so he feels Miami is safe. There's no taxes. Uh, there's only a, a small amount of property tax. And and the way we said it, we got, I got to say these numbers again. In New York State and New York City, $320 billion in taxes for 20 million people. Florida. Twenty million people, less than a hundred billion in taxes. Mm. Where's the other two hundred and twenty billion? It's a good question.
8: No, look, and, and, and I've been I've been uh, writing about that for for a year. That New York State's budget was double Florida's, and it's one of the reasons why New York State is not growing and Florida is. You look back when Mario Cuomo ran for his third term, would have been. Uh, what, uh, 94, I believe. Um, uh, Yes, 94, I believe. Um, New York had about 19 million people. Here we are, nearly two decades later, and we only have 20 million
1: people. And a lot of the people who are paying the taxes left. Now, Dr. Michalos, you had an expression about socialism that sooner or later we're going to run out of money?
6: We quote Margaret Thatcher from the 70s, and to do it with her accent, she said, gentlemen, the problem with socialism is that eventually you run out of other people's money.
1: (laughs) 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 And it, it happened to a lot of countries. (laughs)
6: <laughs> no, absolutely. And people are voting with their feet. So don't vote. We can't vote party. We have to vote safety.
1: It's vote safety. That's very good.
8: Yeah, that's a good line. And look, you know I, whose I, fault look this I
1: yelled at my daughter last week. You know why I yelled at my daughter? She took the because subway. there was traffic and she took, took the
2: subways. You know, John, none of this would have happened if you would have become mayor. It's all your fault. It is your fault. It's
1: my fault. And while well, yeah. you go, know, it's Rudy's fault. Mm. Because during the primary, yep. he supported Joe Loder, I had a shot. I know you did. He certainly Bill did. De you certainly did. Blasio. What do you think, of it, David? Uh, well, I helped you. So it's Rudy's. <laughs> so it's Rudy's well, fault. He was a common sense Democrat helping uh, me. Even even then, David was a common sense Democrat. <laughs> yes, he was. We need was. to change one and, sentence. And uh, look, I had even talked to uh, Bill Clinton about supporting me if I would have won the nomination.
5: Yeah, it was regarded in very small circles, but that if John had won the Republican nomination, that President Clinton would actually cross parties and uh, and endorse him.
2: I covered that campaign when I was a reporter for Fox five. And that was the word. And yeah, I don't know. Well, thank you so much, Michael Goodwin, for all of your wisdom and insight as always. And we'll be looking forward to your next column. Thank you so much. And now we got.
0: Thank you. All. Thank you. Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: And now we got Angelo Vivolo, who is mad as heck. You got Columbus Day coming up next week uh, on October 10th, and they, 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 they're they hurting the Italian Americans. Tell us, Angelo. Angelo Vivolo, by the way, is uh, president, or, or you were chairman of the uh, Columbus, Columbus
2: Foundation. Foundation. Mm-hmm.
9: Yes. Yes, yes, uh, I'm the president of the Club's Heritage Coalition at the moment. But let me just say this John, when you're ready to run for mayor, I'll get every Italian in in, in the state to vote (laughs) for you, and I'm happy to do so. But, So,
1: But, Angelo, you have to convince him to vote twice. (laughs)
7: <laughs> you
2: know, the thing is about the whole Columbus Day that they're trying to destroy, it's not just about the Italians. If they come after the Italians, then who's next? Are they going to get rid of the Hispanic Day Parade, the Puerto Rican Day Parade, the Dominican Day Parade? It just goes on and on. What is so wrong with celebrating our heritage? Angelo Vivola, what do they have? Listen, I
1: don't mind them having
2: indigenous uh, day, but they should have it as addition, not Absolutely. getting rid of Columbus Day. Absolutely. Everybody should celebrate their own of culture. Of course.
9: Well, listen. When, when you go after you're going after the Italians, you go after Columbus Day. It's the, you know you can't cancel one culture for another. Correct. You know when you insult one culture, you insult all cultures, and then you're exactly right. The way they come after us at Columbus. Uh, for columbus day they can go after any one of the other parades it's it's totally it, it's totally wrong and i but there is some light in the tunnel here i think we had a good day the other day when we had both uh, congressman zeldin and uh governor hochel both said that it uh, should this uh, that they both support columbus day and uh, uh that was a positive move because we have uh senator ramos who was trying to Put a, together with uh, another senator from Brooklyn to try oh. to put a bill. To, bill
1: where is where Senator a, Ramos running? In Queens. Queens. She's let's Queens. let's raise and, uh, a million dollars and make sure he loses. <laughs> Her. Her. She loses. Her. Her. Yeah. Well, we'll make sure she loses.
9: Loses. <laughs> but uh, fortunately, we have uh, we we had the two of them, the two candidates. Come up. Uh, first, Zeldin, Zeldin said he supported Columbus Day, and then uh, Governor Hochul said the same thing. And so, uh, at least we're safe. If, the, if, God forbid, that bill ever got to either one of their desks, they would veto that bill. But uh, you know we're looking forward to celebrating Columbus Day. I know that seven seventy ABC is going WBC is going to be with us uh, during that parade. It's going to be spectacular. We have a you know another great uh, great celebration of Italian heritage and culture. I understand California. you know uh,
1: WABC Radio is going to be doing it, uh, and we're going to have a float on the on Columbus Day. And I understand WABC Television is going to be doing it too. I want to you know Andrew, when uh, Columbus.
5: This landed at the island of Hispaniola and and started moving around what's now America, there were two Africans in his party. And the reason I point that out is that Columbus, whatever he was as an individual, the accomplishment of, first of all, establishing once and for all that the earth was round, and the second part, that there was a whole new world that no one knew about, that's something that really relates to everyone that lived at that time who was involved with it not just him and it's really the beginning of a whole new world and look at where we are 500 years later
9: well you know to to that point at the statue of columbus circle it it says on the uh, at the at the base of the statue it says to the world he gave a world and that's exactly what he did and uh, we were fortunate he uh, he happened to uh, go to Hispaniol but you know, another thing that people don't think about is that he brought Spanish language and culture uh, to uh, to South America. I mean, that's how it spread because those were the people that he brought over from from Spain. So, you know, uh, Columbus did a, a lot of uh, great things, uh, and uh, you know, I heard he was quite Greek. <laughs> Could it <have> be, <been.
1: laughs> Angelo? He was, he, we, we are yes. going to be standing side by side with the Italian Americans next uh, October 10th next week and God bless oh. you and uh, or the week after and yeah, the week.: after. We'll be and there, I'm there to
9: be next. next year. I'm going to stand by your side and, and, and with, the, with your team there and uh, help uh, interview some people coming up fifth Avenue. and I look forward to
1: for some good, uh, good uh, Italian food. God bless you and, and God bless uh, all Italian Americans. Thank you so much.
9: God bless you. Thank you so much for the opportunity to speak to
0: your audience. It's cats at night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: And now on the line we have Paul Loonsis. He's going to tell us what the heck is going on with the market and everything else. Paul, the Lu- market, what a roller coaster! Uh-huh. Uh huh.
1: What say you, is. Uh,
0: Paul? It certainly is. Thanks for having me. Uh, No, yesterday, I think part of the um, explosion yesterday on the upside was the Bank of England. Um, They suspended uh, their start of selling guilt um, the following week and began temporarily buying long-dated bonds in order to calm the market down. Um, so that really, everyone thought, well, maybe that means the Fed's gonna pivot and stop increasing rates and go back into the market instead of rolling off uh, the 95 billion a month that they're doing. So that really you know, prompted the market to, get to do well yesterday. And then people realized it's a short-term thing and reality has sunk in again and the market's gotten really hit. I would also add that beginning with FedEx um, and the numbers with FedEx uh, a week or so ago, their earnings report, CarMax came out with absolutely horrendous numbers. I think the stock was down 20 25% today. So the economy is clearly slowing um, and there's a lot of issues. And the final point I would make is credit. Um, a lot of companies that owe a lot of money or owe money, there's some challenges on the credit side. They're, and they're breaks- in deep crap.
1: They owe a lot of money. They're in deep crap because interest rates, the Fed is not going to let up. It's not going to let up until uh, our country goes into recession. And it didn't have to go into recession. They're forcing it into recession, Paul.
0: No, I, I think, John – I think they are going to continue to keep raising rates, and the narrative really changed when um, Powell spoke at Jackson Hole a few weeks ago, and that's when people started realizing the Fed's not going to pivot. They're going to keep raising rates, and they're estimating November 1st and 2nd when they meet, and then in December when they meet, they could probably very well raise rates another 50, 50 to 100 basis points or more um, when you combine those two meetings, which would put the Fed funds rate to well over 4%, for 4 and quarter four and a half percent and i don't know if our country and even the global economy can really deal with sustained long-term interest rates that high it's very very challenging
1: it, it's very sad that we have to go into this we only got a minute left what do you want to say to the uh, american people
0: well, just that um, you know, I, I hope the Fed uh, and the government is able to, you know, rein in inflation without continuing to significantly raise rates. It's it's really creating a lot of all they have stress. to do is
1: open up these spigots for oil and and inflation will be gone and they don't have to raise the interest rates. Guys, well, thank you, Paul, so much.
0: It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.